This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good to see you. I um, I need a little help with my voice today. Anybody there? But it's a good day to be in church. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I, I feel I feel specifically that there are there are people here today uh, who this is a divine appointment. Uh, that you were here for a reason. This might be your first time walking in a building or your first time in a long time, but God knew you'd be here and he knew you needed to be here. He sets you here. And so um, I'm excited to preach, more excited than my voice sounds like. <laughs> so you might have to help me today. Uh, open up your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 23. We're wrapping up our series called Outcasts. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We're looking at the friends of Jesus, the people that Jesus hung around with, the people that Jesus uh, fellowshiped with, had dinner with, uh, the people that he called friends. They were people that often we wouldn't call friends. Yet we recognize that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to be like him, that we should be friends of outcasts, that we should have people in our lives that maybe society uh, doesn't smile upon, but God smiles upon them. And so today we're going to wrap up this series and taking a, a look at a familiar passage of scripture and, and perhaps today it'll be a unique twist on this. Luke chapter 20, did I say 23? 23, verse 39 says this, and it says, now one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, Lord, and that it it, it brings truth into our lives today. So ask, Father, that everyone under the sound of my voice, God, whether they're in this room, they're watching online, God, wherever they may be today, God, that their heart would be softened and ready to receive your word. God, that your word would fall like a seed on good soil, that it would bear much fruit in their lives. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts, change our lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Bill 
preached a message called, What Have You Done For Me Lately? And he ended with this incredible uh, look at the familiar uh, story of Jesus healing the ten lepers. And what he pointed out that was so interesting to me was the fact that that Jesus healed ten lepers, and we all know only one of them came back to say thank you. And so there's an important thank you message there. There's a message of gratitude, especially in the season that we need to walk in. Yet what we, what we realize when we look deeper at the, at the scripture there is that nine people wanted healed, and only one person wanted a relationship. And that God, since the beginning of time, has designed us for relationship with him. And yet we often come to a place where we just want the hand of God. We just want the miracles of God. We just want the benefits of the relationship without the commitment of the relationship. And so we realized and we reminded that, that relationship is what it's all about. From the very beginning, God created us for relationship. So the scripture that we look at today in Luke chapter 23 looks at Jesus in his very last moments before he dies. He's on the cross, and he's all alone. We like to whitewash it, but he was naked on the cross. He was quite vulnerable. And yet here he is with two people on either side of him, and one of them begins to mock him, call him, uh, call him the son of God, call him the king in a mocking sort of way. And what does he say to him? He says this, if you're the Messiah, save yourself and me while you're at it. Again, someone wanting the benefits of Jesus, the miraculous, but not wanting any relationship. And the other thief looks at him and recognizes, no, this really is the son of God. And what is Jesus' response to him? I mean, I've read this story hundreds of times before, but this is what Jesus said he said, truly I say to, to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. He didn't say, today you will be in paradise. He says, today you'll be with me. Once again, Jesus inviting a sinner into relationship. And so today as we finish up the, the, this series, I want us to point out some, some really important truths. You know, I believe that oftentimes God is trying to interrupt our lives. Uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Bill, Bill preached an incredible message on distractions, and, and, and there's something different between a distraction and an interruption. Uh, I've titled today's message, Pardon the Interruption. Uh, the, our, our very smart Twitter maestro uh, made mention that this message is brought to you by the Michigan quarterback, officially sponsored... I mean, we couldn't go a whole weekend without mentioning the game, right? And so I want to talk to you about, pardon the I-N-T, the interruption today. Have you ever been interrupted in your life? Of course we have. You know, there, there are good interruptions and there are bad interruptions, and then there are uh, embarrassing interruptions, and there are funny interruptions. Um, anybody here work at home from time to time and been interrupted by your children? You know, I, I, I work at home uh, from time to time and, and I try to set boundaries for my children, letting them know that they're the most important thing 
in the world to me, next to my wife, and yet that there have to be some sort of boundaries. So I use a little phrase like this, and it says, if it's an emergency, you can come get me. Okay, it's how you have to talk to four-year-olds, right? If it's an emergency, you can open the door. You can knock on the door. Um, but if it's not, you, go, you, you, you figure it out yourself, you know? You, you know where the pantry's at. I mean, you know, you know. Anybody got young kids and working home, right? Uh, but sometimes uh, interruptions at work um, are, are more noticeable than others. Why don't, you, why don't you check this out? Scandals happen all the time. The question is how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift, <laughs> shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. Pardon me. My apologies. What is this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last six months to a year. So have you ever been interrupted at work? I don't know. Has anybody seen this video before, earlier, earlier in the year? Uh, it went absolutely everywhere. Uh, a, a college professor interrupted by his children uh, on live BBC News. And um, uh, the amazing part about this is that it, there was such a sensation around it that social media demanded that there be an introduction to his wife and his kids because of the way that they were, you know, set on the world stage. And so uh, the funny thing is, is, if you go to Google, you can find that there's a, there's a nine-minute interview of simply him with his wife and his children because people wanted to meet them, you know? An interruption that ended up launching this guy's career, <laughs> of all things. Nobody cared what he was saying about Korea. <laughs> But everybody wanted to know who his wife and children were. And, you know, I, I want us to recognize today that, that interruptions can often be distractions in our life. But interruptions can also be a divine invitation from God. Interruptions can be incredible invitations. You see, God, God can actually interrupt us any time that he wants to. Right? Because God is God. He can interrupt us when? Anytime that he wants to. There's a scripture that I thought was quite, quite comical in the book of Joel, uh, chapter 2. It says this in verse 16 in the Message Bible. It says, call a, me call a public meeting. God is speaking and he's saying, call the people together. Get everyone there. Consecrate the congregation. Make sure the elders come. But, but bring in the children too, even the nursing babies, even men and women on their honeymoon. Interrupt them and get them here. Uh, it's in the Bible, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh, when God calls a meeting, he doesn't care what you're doing. He says, I need you now. I want your attention now. Bring the kids, bring the babies, bring the honeymooners. Tell them that I want to see them. You see, when God calls a meeting, we drop everything and we just go. You know, there, there, there's... There's two key figures in, in interruption. It's one is the person that you're with, and the other person is what I'll call today the interruptor. 
An interruption is determined so much by who the interruptor is. Are you with me? Okay. So, so I walk into a meeting, and depending on, upon who that meeting is with, I may or may not shut my phone off or silence my phone. But if I'm in a meeting and my phone is on and I get a phone call, I, I will look at my phone depending on who my meeting is with. Are you with me? Right? Uh, and if I do happen to look at my phone, I will answer my phone depending on who is calling, who the interrupter is, right? Now, if I'm sitting down with my wife, I don't have my phone in the meeting. Somebody say amen. A little, little marriage advice, right? Um, uh, if I'm in a meeting and I see my wife is calling, I answer, all right? I guess there may be... A, a, a person or two that I may not answer if I was in a meeting, but I mean, you know, it would, it would, you understand what I'm saying? Like whoever is interrupting is, is, is really what sets an interruption apart. And so when God interrupts us, how many of us know that that's a phone call that we pick up? That's one that we answer. But you see, the truth is, is that we often uh, don't recognize that God is interrupting us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, he said, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. What does that look like? We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. You see, it's easy to look at interruptions as a distraction because sometimes they are. And yet we recognize that when interruptions are from God, it's an invitation to experience him. I want to point out a few things that I believe interruptions are that, that, that call us to a deeper walk with God. Recognize that today interruptions are an invitation from God the Father himself often. And that if we want to walk deeper and closer to him, we've got to recognize that these interruptions are simply that. It's an invitation to know God more. He's wanting to get your attention. He's wanting to know you. And God will allow circumstances in your life he'll allow things to happen he'll interrupt you in the middle of what you thought was the most important thing he'll interrupt you in 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 the middle of the most important career choice that you have in order to get your attention interruptions pull out several things in us and i want you to notice a few of them the first off is this interruptions are invitations to step out of our comfort zones Interruptions are invitations for us to step out of our comfort zones. You see, God didn't create any of us to live comfortably. You know, comfortable things are wonderful. Pleasure is wonderful. Uh, Modern day living is wonderful. And yet God didn't call us to be comfortable. He, he, these interruptions cause us to step outside of our, of our comfort zones. Matthew chapter 14 tells the story of this boy named Peter. And Peter was a, was a man that was willing to do anything. He was reckless. He would do something at the drop of the hat. He would, he would make a decision without consulting someone first. He was reckless. And he was a man of great faith. And we see in Matthew 14 that he, he is in the middle of a boat in the middle of the lake in a storm. And for many of us, that would be quite an uncomfortable place. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I actually do enjoy storms, but storms in the middle of a lake on a boat would not be my favorite thing, okay? Uh, many of you simply being in the middle of a lake on a boat with no storm would be the most frightening moment of your life. 
uh, especially a small boat. But for Peter, who is a fisherman, being in the middle of a lake on a boat in a storm was as comfortable as he could be. And he looks out and he sees what he calls a ghost walking on the water. And Peter being the reckless one that he is. Sometimes we don't think about what the Bible says. He says, if you're the Christ, tell me to come out and I'll walk to you. Now, meanwhile, I'm thinking, boy, if he had thought that through, (laughs) if this was someone faking to be Jesus, wouldn't they just tell him to come on out anyways? I, I, I mean, really, he's saying, hey, listen, if it's you, you tell me to come and I'll be there. I'm thinking, I think I would have thought another way around that to look for an opportunity of faith. But what did we discover is that Peter knew the voice of Jesus. And so when Jesus called him, it wasn't what he said, but it was his voice that he knew that it was Jesus. And so he steps out on faith and he begins to walk on the water. Jesus interrupts the storm in his life and calls him out on the water in the most uncomfortable scenario that we can. I think, I think some of the Bible stories are so extravagant that it, that it gives us no excuse to not act. You know, we, we don't want to step out in faith and, and the Bible is like, Peter's like, well, listen, I walked on water. What, 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 what are you waiting for? Yeah. You know, you think, well, I don't know if I can take this step of faith. And, Jesus, and Peter's like, well, I stepped out on water. What, what are you waiting for? Yeah. You, you know, are you with me? You know, so, so, so Jesus interrupts Peter in the middle of, uh, of his day and says, walk on water. Get out of your boat. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something you've never done before. Do something that nobody has ever done before. Yeah. And follow me. God wants to interrupt you today and cause you to be a little bit uncomfortable in your walk with him. Because we recognize that interruption is drawing you closer to God. Interruptions are, are also invitations to serve. Jesus said this in Matthew 20. He said, he came not to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. Interruptions in your life are often an invitation for you to to serve, to serve other people, to serve those around you, to to serve God. It's been often said that opportunities to serve never come at convenient times. And isn't that true? Isn't that true? So can I give a little plug here? Uh, so, so when you get an email from your guest services coordinator that says, hey, we're having, things, we're having Christmas Eve services and Christmas Eve Eve services, and we have an opportunity for you to serve. And you're thinking, but this is interrupting my schedule. This is interrupting my plans. Could it be an opportunity for you to serve the body of Christ Could it be an opportunity for you to serve someone that may that day make a decision to follow Christ? Opportunities to serve. They never come at convenient times, but the interruption is an invitation for you. Jesus came to serve. It's the whole reason he came to earth was to serve and to give away his life. So how much more can we look at these interruptions and say, there's an invitation to serve? Maybe I'll say yes. Interruptions, what are they? They're invitations to serve. They're also this. They're, they're an invitation to, to practice generosity. Interruptions are invitations to practice generosity. Luke chapter 10 tells us the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. There's, there's this great story about the, the Samaritan that, 
that is on the on the journey and the man gets gets robbed and he's down in the in the gully and the priest walks by and somebody and then the teacher walks by and then the samaritan walks by who who doesn't even like this guy and he helps him and he looks after him he cares for them but this is what he does he not only cares for them and looks after him he takes them somewhere where he can receive care and then he pays the people forward to take care of him and says if you need more i'll come back and pay you whatever it is that you need and so the samaritan was on his journey was interrupted by an invitation to be generous i want to want to challenge us with this idea one of the things that me and tara decided that we wanted to do a while ago was set aside money in our in our budget that we could give away whenever there arose a need so whenever we found a need we would say hey we could do it do you know where it all started we were at a place early on financially where we just didn't we didn't have any extra and tara was in line at the grocery and and the girl in front of her it was like 70 dollars forgot her wallet and it wasn't that she didn't appear that she didn't have the money but she didn't have it on her and tara said all i wanted to do was just pay for these groceries and bless this girl and it wasn't even that there was this incredible extravagant need but i just wanted to be a blessing to her but we didn't have it to do it and so we said all right we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we set aside money so that when opportunities arise we can be a blessing to people have you ever thought about, about creating uh, an opportunity to, to be generous? How many of you know that, that these things don't ever arise when, you're, when you just have extra money sitting around? <laughs> opportunities to sow, opportunities to, to be a blessing don't seem to, to, to uh, uh, appear when you just have extra money in the bank right after you get your bonus. No, but we decided, hey, let's, let's budget in. So let me, let me challenge you this. Could you, could you budget in, even if you're living paycheck to paycheck, even if you feel like you don't have enough, is there some way in your life that you could budget in money to just be a blessing and give away? The, good, the parable of the Good Samaritan, if he didn't have the resources, he wouldn't have been able to be generous. So he had funds that he was able to do something with. Could you prepare today for an interruption of generosity? What needs to happen in, in your life, in your finances? What, what, what sit-down meeting needs to happen for you to be able to prepare for this interruption of generosity? They don't come at convenient times, but when we're looking for them, they'll appear. So look for those interruptions of generosity today. Matthew 25 says this. Jesus said to the, to the people, he said, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So when you, when you take care of the poor, when you meet the needs of the, of the beggar, when you, when you feed someone, and when you give somebody clothes, Jesus said this. He said, when you've done it to these, you've done it to me. So the interruption of the guy on the side of the, the road is holding up the sign that we have every reason not to give him money because of all the reasons we can think of in our mind. Jesus said... When you've looked after these, you've looked after me. An interruption in your day to know God a little more. We can know God through generosity. And let me tell you something. My favorite people to be around on planet Earth are generous people. Your favorite people to be around are generous people too. You may not have connected the dots, but I'm telling you, generous people are the best people to be around. 
They really are. This is not taking up an offering, guys. I'm, I'm just trying to help us, all right? I'm just trying to help you. We're, we're on this journey together. That, that, that being generous is something that God wants us to do. It's who he wants us to be. Interruptions are invitations to supernatural intervention. I, Luke chapter 8 tells the story of the woman who, who had been sick for 30 years. For a long time, she had been sick. And what does she do? Jesus passes by. She knows she's heard stories that he's a healer, that he's healed everyone he's come in contact with, that all these people have been healed. So what does she do? She interrupts the Son of God. That takes some faith. That takes some gumption to to interrupt Jesus. But yet she steps out and she interrupts Jesus. And what happens? Supernatural healing comes to her. Because of her stepping out in faith. Right? right? And so, so when we have these interruptions, they allow the supernatural to come into the natural. There are interruptions in our life that God is waiting for that are, that are going to bring the miraculous into our everyday lives. But they require us accepting the invitation. Of the interruption the invitation for god for us to know god a little bit more we have to say yes god is waiting to bring in the supernatural into your daily life will you say yes to it will you say yes to him will you say yes to the interruption today will you yeah we will interventions are invitations to step into destiny you know, this boy Dwayne yesterday was sitting on a bench just watching a game. And then his friend got hurt. And so all of a sudden, Dwayne couldn't sit on the bench anymore. His little bench warming day got interrupted. I thought there were some Buckeye fans here. So Dwayne's sitting on the bench doing what he does every game. He's preparing. He's helping the team. He's maybe calling plays. Whatever he's doing, he's helping the team, fulfilling his role. But the day was interrupted when the starting quarterback got hurt. There was an interruption. So what does it do? It, it propels Dwayne. It's an invitation to, for Dwayne to step into his destiny. It's almost like, it's almost like there was a, listen, you guys know I'm not, I'm not a Buckeye fan. I'm not from here. So I don't, I don't have a horse in the race as we used to say. Okay. But I'm just saying, so as a, as an observer, it's almost like somebody's saying, listen, the, the, the starter is not going to be with you next year. Some, somebody's going to have to get ready. So, so somebody gets hurt. So Dwayne has to step into the starting role. He has to now play. So he steps into his destiny. What happens? Well, he does what he does. And, and the Buckeyes win. Right? Now, he, he couldn't do anything about the Alabama-Auburn game, all right, because that was out of his control. But, but I just thought, man, this is interesting. I mean, I, I wrote this message this week, but here's, a, here's an illustration of, of somebody getting interrupted and stepping into their, their destiny. There was a, there was a, a really young girl who was just a good girl. 
And one day an angel appeared and said, listen, honey, you're going to carry the son of God. Can you imagine what, you, what, that, what that was like? A day interrupted. Listen, I'm just being a good Jewish girl. I'm obeying the rules. I'm honoring my parents. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden the angel appears and says, I know, I know you think you're just a normal girl preparing for a normal wedding and you're going to have a normal life. But listen, I'm interrupting you because, because there's destiny in you. And so the angel steps in and says, if you listen to me, I'll set you on the course of your destiny. There was, there was this young guy named Saul. Saul was a zealous God follower. He loved God. He followed God to the best of his ability. He did whatever he could to follow God. And so when a, when a new cult came up against his God, he said, I'm so zealous for my God that I'm going to wipe out the cult. I mean, forget about preaching to them. I'm just going to go kill them. <laughs> this was Saul, right? He said, I'm going to throw them in jail. The church has given me papers and orders, and we're going to go after them. And then one day on the road to Damascus, on his way to go kill Christians, God appears, interrupts his journey in the middle of his journey and says, listen, I want you to know something. Jesus is the son of God. I'm the one you've been searching for. Today is a day of destiny for you. So I'm going to interrupt your plan. I'm going to interrupt where you think you're going in life. You see yourself going a certain way. You see yourself following God this way. But I'm telling you, today it all changes. Interruptions are able to, to, to be an invitation to set us on course for our destiny. So what if today God is trying to interrupt you because he wants to alter the course of your destiny? I'm, I'm here to encourage you, not from, not from my own words, not from good stories. I'm here to encourage you from, from the word of God. Because there's truth in this. There's weight in this. There's, there, there, there's something in this for us. The fact of the matter is this, is that we all have plans in our life. We all set up, set up a, a plan of where we think we want to go. We have our five-year plans. We have our 10-year plans. We have our retirement plans. We have those things that, that we want to do, that we want to accomplish. And sometimes God interrupts us and says, I know this is your way, but I'm going to alter the course because it's worth it. Because humanity is worth it. Did we ever consider that God loves us enough to interrupt our well-made plans? God loves you enough to interrupt your schedule, to interrupt your plan, to interrupt the, the, the journey that you're on to say, I'm inviting you into relationship with me. Come know me a little more. Come know me a little deeper. Come experience my goodness in, a, in another way. Come know me on a different level than you do right now. I think that more often than not, these interruptions are really invitations from God. The truth is, is that sometimes they are distractions. And I want to talk to you for the next three or four minutes 
about how to discern the difference between a distraction and a divine invitation. Can I do that? Because I'm a pretty practical guy. And if we don't get some practicality to it, have we really won? You've got to have something that you can apply to your life today. So maybe you even want to write these down. Three questions for you to ask yourself to discern between a distraction and a divine interruption. The first question is this. Am I focused on my mission or his mission? Am I focused on my mission or his mission? You see, Jesus, throughout his entire ministry, was constantly interrupted. The scripture says over and over and over again, as he was on his way, something happened. Why doesn't that happen in our lives? Could it be that we're pursuing the wrong mission? Jesus' mission was to obey the Father. So anywhere the Father sent him, he went. Anywhere the Father told him to go, he, he, he went. He did whatever his Father said. And so we each have unique giftings and callings in our life. And so we each have a unique purpose, right? We have a unique identity. So God has a unique plan for each and every one of us. And yet the end goal is the same. We're to, we're to all connect people back to God. We're to follow Christ and in following Christ, we're to, we're, to be, we're to reconcile other people back to Christ. Are you with me? We're all following Christ and we're all uh, connecting as many people back to God as we can. So we all have the same, the one mission. What happens is, is our personal mission interferes with God's mission. And we get off course when we come to the place where we're not able to accomplish his mission and accomplish our mission at the same time. If your mission doesn't line up with his mission, then your mission is the one that's out of place. Are you with me? It doesn't matter where you work or what you do for a living. Are you with me? Right? But in your work and what you do for a living, you should still be connecting to his mission, which is to connect other people back to God, right? And so here's the truth. I believe the reason that we often miss these interruptions that Jesus didn't miss is because we, we've lost sight of the mission. We wake up in the morning and our mission is this. I, 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 I got to make sure I provide for my family and so I've got these meetings and I've got this and everything. Are all of those things good? Absolutely. But that mission has to be a submission to his mission. Are you with me? There's missions and then there's sub, meaning inferior missions. And so they all must be submissions to, to his missions. They must submit to what he wants us to do. And so all of these things in our regular lives that are good, that are great, that we, that we are, are called to do, that God wants you to do. He puts you in that job for a reason. He's called you to that place. He's called you to be a light in a dark place, whatever it is that you may be. But he's saying, listen, if you don't have my mission in mind, if you're focused on your mission, it's out of line. So how do, we, how do we make sure that we don't miss those interruptions? We've got to keep his mission in mind. Do you want to know how I do it? Now, I don't know if you want to know or not, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Here, here's how I do it. Here's how I do it in the morning. You've heard me say this before. I wake up in the morning. And this is what I say. Yes, Lord. I wake up in the morning. Sometimes my eyes aren't even open yet. Yes, Lord. Okay. It's often followed by yes, dear. Yes, dear. And, but, I, but I say to the Lord, I say, I say, yes, Lord, 
Because whatever you're going to ask me to do today, I recognize that in the moment, I may be busy. In the moment, I may be distracted. In the moment, I may not want to do what you're asking me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say yes right now. And then you can remind me that I already said yes. So wake up in the morning, say yes to his mission. Say yes to what he's called you to do. And we're saying yes to, to an invitation of an interruption from him. I said I'd give you three minutes, so let me do this really quick. All right. Oh, my goodness. I have to say this, though. This, I know I'm quick, but I've got to say this. Go back to the original story. Jesus hanging on the cross, okay? He's hanging on the cross, and the entire course of humanity, okay, is hanging on this moment. The entire course of humanity is built to this place where Jesus is taking on the sins of the entire world, all of, all of the sins that had, that had happened for thousands of years leading up to that point are on him. And then all of the sins of us, thousands of years afterwards, are hanging on him in this moment. All right. So if you're looking at this like I do in a, in a movie, I mean, this is the pinnacle, this is the top, this is the moment where everything stops. And the one guy in the, next to him starts making fun of him. I mean, can you, ima- can you imagine? This is the most important moment in the course of history. And someone is mocking the moment. And here's Jesus who has all authority and all power. Okay. If ever there was a moment for a, just a, doesn't have to say a word, doesn't have to say anything like, you know, you have those people that interrupt you and they're really a distraction because they think they're the most important thing. They think that whatever they have to say needs to be said right now. They have those things. And Jesus is hanging there at the pinnacle of human history. And that guy starts talking. And Jesus doesn't zap him. And, and, and so Jesus listens. But I, I want you to understand this. This is going to, I don't want to take, take a moment. This is going to set you free. There, there's some of you here today who, who have felt abandoned. You, you have felt like in your moment that your life has not only been interrupted, but God has left you. You feel like he has abandoned you, that you don't know where he is, that you can't find up from, up from down, north from south. You feel like there's no gravity, that you're, you're, in a, you're in a wrecking ball of things. Your mind isn't clear. Your life isn't clear. Your family isn't clear. Your job isn't clear. And you feel not just interrupted, but you feel alone. But we have the promise that God will never, never leave us. He never leaves us alone. We feel that we are, but we're not alone. He's with us. But... Hang on for just a second. Recognize this. Jesus is hanging on the cross. It's the only point in human history where someone was separated from God. Because of the sin that is on Jesus, God the Father can't, can't look at him because he's taken on the sin of the entire world. 
And so he's hanging there on the cross. And for the only moment in human history, God has left a person. Jesus is hanging there, and he's hanging there without God. A place that you and I, no matter how much we felt like we've been there, we've never been there. No matter what, what loss you've experienced, you've, you've never been there. No matter what you have walked through, no matter what road you've been down, he's never left you. And yet Jesus stands there. And he stands there alone. Without God. And what does Jesus do? In a moment of having the weight of the sins. The weight of the sins that, that killed him physically. The sin that physically killed him. Broke his heart that killed him. That kind of weight. That kind of pressure. That kind of stress. What does he do while feeling that? And... While being alone from God, Jesus remembers the mission. <laughs> Understand that Jesus was, was working as, as, as a man. A few hours ago, he begged God, God, please take this from me. God, I don't want to do this. Please, not, I don't want to do this, but not my will, but your will. Jesus is not doing this as someone who doesn't feel, who doesn't understand, who, do, who, who, who just rises above it all. No, he died from the weight of our sins. And yet in the moment of all of that, he remembers the mission, which is to seek and to save the lost, the outcast. If Jesus, in the only moment in human history where he was separated from God, where God wasn't there, where God had abandoned him. If Jesus can remember the mission, how much more can we remember the mission when he has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us, to never abandon us? <laughs> he takes every one of our excuses <laughs> and he throws them out. He says, we have no excuse. We must remember the mission and say yes to the interruptions in our life.